0: A FOCUS SUMMARY OF CHAPTERS 23 AND 24 OF FRANKENSTEIN As Victor and Elizabeth landed on the shores of Lake Como, the wind rose with violence, clouds swept across the moon, and soon a heavy rain descended. With the arrival of night, a thousand fears arose in Victor's mind, and he anxiously clutched the pistol hidden in his bosom. Elizabeth observed his agitation and asked what it was he feared. He told her it was to be a dreadful night, but that all would be well in the morning, and he urged her to retire to bed. As he paced the house, inspecting every corner and preparing to face his adversary, he heard from Elizabeth's bedroom a shrill and dreadful scream. In that moment the whole truth rushed to his mind and he stood suspended in terror. Then he rushed into the room, and found, thrown across the bed, the lifeless form of Elizabeth. Victor fell senseless to the floor, and when he recovered, found himself surrounded by a crowd of people with expressions of breathless terror. He rushed to Elizabeth, who appeared as if she might only be asleep but feeling the coldness of her limbs and seeing the marks of the fiend's grasp on her neck, he knew that the woman he had so cherished now ceased to be. Hanging over her body in despair, he looked up, and through the shutters, under the pale yellow moon, he saw the figure of the monster, who pointed to the corpse of Elizabeth with a sinister grin on his face. "'Victor rushed at the window and fired with his pistol, but the fiend eluded him. "'The report of the pistol brought a crowd, and they all set off to track the murderer. "'Victor tried to accompany them, but his head whirled, his skin was parched with fever, "'he fell in exhaustion, and he was carried back to bed. "'When he awoke, he crawled again to the room of his beloved.' As he stood over her weeping, his thoughts rambled over all his misfortunes and their cause. Realizing that at that very moment his father and Ernest might be writhing under the fiend's grasp, he resolved to hasten immediately to Geneva. He hired men to row him across the lake, and took an oar himself, hoping he might dispel his torment with bodily exercise but his overflowing misery rendered him incapable of exertion. As he looked upon the scenes he had contemplated, only the day before in the company of Elizabeth, tears streamed from his eyes. The fiend had snatched from him every hope of future happiness. Frankenstein tells Walton that his tale has reached its acme of horror— and that all that remains is to tell in a few words what is left of his hideous narration. Arriving in Geneva, he discovered that his father and Ernest still lived, but the former, having lost his more than daughter, and suffered under all the horrors that had accumulated around him, soon found himself unable to rise from bed, and a few days later died in Victor's arms. For Victor, months of melancholy and madness followed, and when he finally awoke to reason, he also awoke to revenge. He went to the magistrate to relate his history in careful detail, and to beg that he exert his whole power to seize and punish the being he had come to accuse. The magistrate heard his tale with a fascinated half-belief, but when called on to act officially, his incredulity returned. Such a creature as Victor described could not be apprehended. He would do what he could, but, he said, Victor ought to make up his mind to disappointment. Victor refused. Revenge, he said, with the haughty fierceness of the martyrs of old, had become the devouring and only passion of his soul. The magistrate regarded this elevation of mind, as madness, and endeavored to soothe him. Victor angrily accused him of ignorance and false pride, and broke from the house disturbed and determined to find a new means of revenge. His first resolution was to quit Geneva forever, and he had since traversed a vast portion of the earth and endured every hardship. Many times he longed for death, but until he had his revenge, he dared not die. Uncertain what path to pursue, he went first to the cemetery where William, Elizabeth, and his father reposed. There, in the haunted darkness and silence, he knelt on the grass, kissed the earth, and swore aloud to pursue the demon until one of them perished in mortal conflict." He was answered by a loud and fiendish laugh that echoed through the mountains. And after the laughter died away, a voice close to his ear addressed him in a whisper, saying, I am satisfied, miserable wretch. You have determined to live, and I am satisfied. He darted toward the spot from which the sound came, but the demon escaped. For months afterward he pursued the devil through the wilds of Tartary and Russia. He suffered miserable cold, want, and fatigue, but it seemed some good spirit followed him, for just as he was about to sink under hunger and exhaustion, something would be provided to revive and inspirit him. Only in sleep could he taste joy, for in sleep he saw again his friends and his beloved country. Still he pursued the demon, who sometimes left scoffing messages in wood and stone to guide him or to instigate his fury. Follow me. We have yet to wrestle for our lives, but many hard and miserable hours must you endure until that period shall arrive. He was led farther northward, where the snows thickened and the cold increased. But he resolved not to fail in his purpose and continued with unabated fervor. He procured a sledge and dogs so that he could traverse the snows more quickly. He reached a hamlet, where the inhabitants told him that the night before a gigantic monster armed with pistols had driven a family from their cottage, stolen their store of winter food, and then driven a team of dogs across the sea in a direction that led to no land. Realizing he must now pursue his adversary across the mountainous ices of the ocean, Victor despaired, but vengeance urged him on. For three weeks he had pursued the demon across the ice, with the thunder of the ground sea threatening his destruction. Just when he felt he would sink beneath his misery— a glimpse of the monster fueled again his hope for revenge. He followed and gained on him, but after two days he lost all trace of him more utterly than ever before. Then a ground sea was heard, the wind arose, the ice cracked, and Victor was left drifting on a scattered piece of ice and preparing for a hideous death. It was then that he saw in the distance Walton's ship he destroyed part of his sledge to make oars, and rowed towards his salvation, hoping that he might procure a boat to continue the pursuit of his enemy. Frankenstein then stops to plead that if he should die and the demon escape, Walton will satisfy his vengeance. He does not expect Walton to undertake his terrible pilgrimage, but he begs that if the ministers of justice conduct the demon to him, Walton must not let him live. He tells him to beware of the creature's eloquence and persuasiveness, and recall that his soul is as hellish as his form, full of treachery and fiend-like malice.